Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. When not open to the media, he had spoken to the player before he talked to the media. He gets asked a question, and LaRusso gives him an answer. So we're supposed to kill LaRusso now for being honest. And I'm so tired of hearing these players, these soft players, show some toughness. My goodness gracious. You know what? He got on the player. He made a mistake. He said he shouldn't have done it. It's unsportsmanlike. I happen to agree with him. Player will get over it. What are they, kids? Sure, I mean, you know, the manager got on you a little bit. Get over it. It's not the end of the world. I, it's, I cannot get over this. And furthermore, I don't want to hear anything about LaRusso there where he can't manage. Nonsense. He's a Hall of Fame manager. They got the best record. Well, they did into the Giants. They had the best record in Major League Baseball. They came back and beat the Twins in a rubber game of the series a day and a half later. Hey, LaRusso defender. That guy was passionate. That's Chris Russo, right? Formerly of uh, Mike and the Mad Dog. Oh, it's Mad Dog Russo. Yeah. See, I, I don't even know his name. But I know Mad Dog Russo. Yeah. Wasn't? Uh, wasn't he? He was at the Super Bowl, right? Wasn't there a? Yeah. Do you, do you remember that? There was, he had some guests on that kind of like went at it a little bit, like to the point like where the guy like threw the headset and walked off. I don't remember it. I can't remember but who I, the, the guest was. Me. Yeah. I mean, he's obviously it's kind of like shock jock, right? Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um. The that's an interesting take on La Russa. Again, the folks that came right back at me the other day when I said the stupidity of hiring La Russa is from moments like this, mm-hmm. and I thought it was because he's so he's old in a young man's world and a changing game. Mm-hmm. And so, listen, if he does figure this out, then then you're right and I'm wrong. The bottom line is, them being first place in the AL Central, eh, that doesn't carry a ton of weight. For, I'll tell you, I, I I'll say this, okay, the First of all, I don't think the the AL Central is that strong. The Twins have really flopped so far, and that was supposed to be the team. Yeah. Yeah, Cleveland's okay. I mean, Kansas City was in first place for the first four weeks of the season, I think. The Tigers are terrible. Uh, listen, the Red Sox are not the best team in the East. They lead the division. Uh, the Let's see, who else? Uh, the Giants are not the best team, and they're the third best team probably in their division. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and And they lead. The yeah, division. So, yeah. I mean, come on, a, a little bit. Yeah, again, you might be right. I mean, Chicago probably will win the AL Central, but a lot of us picked that to happen with or without Tony Larusa. But if he does keep it all together, and this is a an this is a galvanizing moment, then I think he deserves some credit for it. And as I have no problem people man calling people out. I just think this had more to do uh, with not protecting your teammate and your big player on your team, like not having his back. Mm-hmm. And I also think. He is an old school guy in a young man's world. I mean, that's what I don't like about Larusa managing the White Sox because of this. Like, I, I just like I feel like if Joe Madden was the manager, like this wouldn't have happened. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, I, I might be wrong, but I, but I feel like no, I that would so. have Madden would have had his back for as long as he needed to have his back. Larusa was just the opposite. That's now, what again, it all comes down to, though. They come out on the other side, and uh, hey, you know what? He figured it out, and you guys are right. I'm wrong on Larusa. That fair enough. You know, I, I got it, man. But I just feel like the number one priority over anything of being a coach is your players on that you hit, that you know you have their back. Yeah. Because it's one thing if you have a, a talented roster like the White Sox obviously do, 
and maybe they're winning out of spite of their manager right now. But if you want to get to the promised land, you want to win a championship, you got to be all in and you have to have a cohesive bond, let's just say. And when you feel like a manager doesn't support you or doesn't have your back, that's only going to get you so far. In my opinion. Now, once again, maybe, hey, maybe the White Sox win the World Series and we're both wrong. We look like idiots, but I'm sticking by that. You know, to that degree, we're going to talk a little bit later on about the – there's a couple of interest, interesting stories today. There's a couple of Florida, like, stud high school basketball players that are going to this new league that will get them into the G League eventually and then into the NBA. That's mm-hmm. their hope. There's another headline I saw about a high school football player, I think it was, who's going to bypass his high school season, his last year of high school to get ready for college. Mm-hmm. Going to bypass his high school football season. To get ready for college. It's like we're living in a different world. And so to piggyback on the kind of like the La Russa thing, living in a different world. We talked about it yesterday with baseball. Baseball has changed big time. Mm-hmm. And in an all or nothing world we live in, we can't have all or something. It's got to be all or nothing. In an all or nothing world, the game has flipped itself on its head. And now all of a sudden, I don't know if that's why. we're No, no hitters certainly there's a contribution, but the strikeouts and the Boring nature of the MLB game now exists and is a heavy topic. So much so Don Mattingly said it yesterday. Mm -hmm. So the game has changed. And so it got me thinking, and I have a lot of these conversations because you know me. I'm a little small ball guy in baseball. I don't mind the bunt still. I think moving people over and all that stuff can still be effective. And see, I'm an all or something guy. I'm like, I understand the power of the home run. I understand the importance of an extra base hit. Mm-hmm. I understand that threat in the lineup. Mm-hmm. When I was in college, like my senior year, I'm convinced like I didn't get a lot of at bats because I was going to be a singles guy and they, they wanted doubles and triples and home runs. Like it had already started. That's like 1999. And I wasn't going to provide that. So that was already going that way without all the numbers and analytics. It, it So this is like Mattingly said, it's probably some 15, 20, 25 years in the making. And here we are. Yeah. But at the end of the day, in all sports, but it's, baseball is a key one here, but I think football can be too and others. Are analytics good for the games, good for the sports, or bad for the sports? You know how I feel about this. I've said it many times. I think analytics in preparation for your opponent are a must. I think analytics determining a play, um, a call, uh, and not taking in the variables of the game flow, of the crowd, of the emotion, a lot of those things, that I don't agree with. I'm going to take it a step further, and here's why I wonder. So basically, I'm, I'm on, are you on the hurting or helping side? Okay, well, in in pro sports, it helps you win, and winning is what is important and what is, matters. Define helps you win, though, from well, the scouting standpoint or from the in-game decision standpoint? Uh, probably a little bit of both, and and probably more to the even the second one that you than we all want to admit. Uh, although I understand where you are with the the, you know the hunches and the gut and the emotions, and there are some things. But if I take baseball, Austin, in the last decade, the teams that have won, the teams that have turned their organizations around, the teams that have been successful, and really you go all the way back to Oakland, why they can even be competitive. But Houston's done it. The Red Sox have been big believers in it. I think the Dodgers are now. Like, mm-hmm. the teams that are that way, Tampa has been – I mean, look at Tampa last year. I mean, they're the great illustration of it. And it hurt them at the end sure. because of it too. But they got there because of it. It shows you that you win 
if you look at the numbers and live by the numbers. Sure. You can win with it, and, and it's and you can also, teams win. And you can also lose and tear a team apart with and it. And you can. Because and, the Green Bay Packers say what's up right now Yeah, with and, Aaron Rodgers. And there are examples of both. Yes. But it's hard for me to denounce it when I've seen a team like Tampa in baseball last year, who would they have, like a $70 million payroll? And, well, and they they took everybody to the break baseball, and maybe were the see, best team? Yeah. So it's, to me, it's unfair to compare baseball to football because it's two completely different sports. I think w- with baseball where you lack physicality, I think where there's less variables, I think analytics are king in baseball. And, and I absolutely agree with them from the scouting standpoint, from the game flow, like I, the, the in-game decisions, absolutely for the sport of baseball. I think football, though, and the, the in-sport decisions um, should be taken a little more cautiously. Okay, so... And, and I would say this, uh, they probably impact sports in different ways, like golf, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody's hitting the drives 400 yards now. There's Bryson DeChambeau. He, recre- he created his whole body differently mm-hmm. over that because of the analytics, the spin rate and the this and the that, you know, all these things. So it gives you information, and information is king. And, and if you know what to do with that information, and you can get ahead of people and gain on people, and if you're ready to commit to it, I think sports has shown us some to, to do that. I think there's two variables, though, where it really has hurt sport. And this is big picture and what we have to ask ourselves and what they're asking in baseball right now. And should we be asking soon in football and other sports, maybe even a sport like golf, are they going to hurt the watchability of it, the Mm. entertainment value of it? Are we so committed to the numbers, like what I've always said, like I don't want that home plate to be computerized because now I feel like I'm playing a video game. Mm-hmm. Well, baseball has become a little bit of a video game. What do you want to do when you play MLB The Show or whatever? You want to either hit a home run or strike somebody out. Well, guess where we're at in, yeah. in big league baseball. So the watchability of it has become such an issue in baseball. Do we get that way in other sports as well? Is it less exciting to watch golf because a guy has a pitching wedge in his hand all the time? He's hitting it 400 yards. Well, that's been debated for a while, ever since really Tiger Woods started launching them past everyone. The ball, the equipment, everything's changed. I go one step further, and this is where I don't know if people care enough about it or are, are we just don't have enough data yet. Youth sports emulate Pro sports. Fair enough? Sure. Like, every, yes. every kid playing baseball wants to be like Aaron Judge. Yes. Every kid playing football wants to be Patrick Mahomes right now. Yeah. Well, it's a. I said this a little bit yesterday. It's a different game. Like, it's a different game at the youth levels. You don't have that information. You don't have the ability to get the equipment to get that information. And you don't know what the hell to do with that information. Okay. So it's a totally different game. Therefore, you are you being taught, like, the fundamentals of playing the game the way it was meant to be played and then adjust because of analytics? Or are we already teaching the game the way the analytics tell us to play the game without even knowing how to play the game? You see, see what I'm saying? I do, but I also think you're giving way too much credit to analytics. Like, if you want to talk about the game of basketball, a lot of kids, and, you know, they try to copy Steph Curry. Yeah. And, and, and you know, usual post players are now taking three-point shots because of guys like Anthony Davis and guys like Kevin Durant. That, to me, is not an analytical thing, though. That, that to me, is a... Uh, is a is a variable of where you have an athlete who is a, a monumental talent who do who does something that normal athletes really can't do at that position at that sport at that time. Like Steph Curry changed the game of the three pointer, and now kids are going to follow suit. And there's going to be a, probably a whole bunch of Steph Currys down the line. 
not because the analytics said so, but because Steph Curry and his work ethic and his dedication so good is the best shooter of all yeah. time. Yeah. It, in essence, though, I think the three-point shot, while carries some analytics, also was – that might fall under rule change in how the sport sure. changed. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because before there was Steph Curry, there was Rick Pitino in Kentucky and whoever in Kentucky launching a three every da- time down the court. You know, people were still shooting a lot of threes even before Curry was making a lot of threes. Sure. You know what I mean? Sure. And so I think that kind of falls. It's probably a mash of rule change and analytics but coming I mean, together. But the, the, that rule change has been out for how long? Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. But it took a while for the analytics to match up with it. Sure. Perhaps. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because now what everybody's doing is say, hey, three more than two, let's, it's worth it. Look at the numbers. It's If, if I can shoot 40% here and 37% you, here. And, yeah. But if you have the guys, though. Like, I don't think they're looking at Steph Curry and said, okay, well, you're shooting so-and-so from this. Like, no, like, hey, you're Steph Curry. Shoot as much as you want because you can make it. Is, like, the, is the game of basketball as w- entertaining to watch with the three as it was before this uh, proliferation of shooting threes happened? Uh, I mean, what, what, what would you define the proliferation, though? Because well, I mean, every time down the Ray court, Allen. they're shooting threes. When Ray Allen was making a lot of threes, it yeah. didn't mean they shot him every time down the court. Now they shoot. Now you're you can't get a post. You can't get a post up. It seems for most right? teams. Yeah, unless you're driving. I mean, lane. Anthony I mean, Davis. I, I was like, hey, dude, you're seven foot, whatever. How about go down low now that you're three for fifteen? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Now shoot another three. No, I hear you. <laughs> um. Uh, it doesn't bother me whatsoever because, you know, like, yeah, three-point shooting is definitely a high priority now. But you still have guys like Giannis. You still have guys like LeBron James that can drive – Russell Westbrook that drive yeah. the land. They can either, either dish out or they go in. So, like, that's still there. Like, that, that didn't leave. It's just now there's more three-point shooters. But wasn't this conversation in basketball just a couple uh, years ago, and Kuz may jump in on this, but James Harden? Like, wasn't it, like, almost unbearable to watch – a little bit like James Harden. Is he number one traveling? Is he creating space? Well, is it just launching threes? Is it? I mean, is it good wait, or bad for the game? Wasn't there that conversation even just a couple well, years ago? But that that that's James Harden taking advantage of the rules. That was more. Yeah, yeah that was more him going to the free throw line. So he would more he would jump like okay. into the players as he was shooting. Oh, he had down to a science. Yeah, that yeah. was more. That was more that reason, and that's why people were saying it was unwatchable because it stopped the game and put him on the line. Cool, you're good. You're driving dish podcast. You got another episode dropping this weekend or what? Yeah, I got to record tomorrow okay. between uh, between the playing tournament and then the actual playoffs starting. I this like is it. where our schedules get a little messed up. We like recording on the weekends, but then the playoffs start and you're committed though. I like that. I, you know. So is so is would you rather watch an NBA game today or an NBA game five eight years ago? Um. Probably, well, it's kind of hard because now, like, I really pay a lot more attention to it. So I would say now, but I, you know, I've heard people make arguments for say twenty years ago, where the defense was a big focal point and and guys were hitting each other a lot harder. Yeah, I would like to see that because I don't necessarily have that memory. Yeah. There are games where I'm watching and it's like, oh my god, these guys are just grabbing the ball, running into the three point line, and hope and throwing it up. Yeah, you know, and then and, and we go you, to the other side and, and if the same you thing. like bump a guy it's like a flagrant yeah sure. the, the yeah, only sure. right. honestly right. the only thing that bothers me about about the the fouling or, or not fouling depending on how it goes is is when players a lot of people will say lebron does this get like what the heck man like yeah, that yeah, was yeah. A, it's like okay yeah, well, yeah, he yeah, didn't yeah. call it just move on yeah like, yeah they all whine right uh, absolutely uh football wise better game to watch today or 15 years ago 
10 years ago. Mm. You name it, whatever. Again, now, a lot of the rules, this is more rules-oriented than analytical, but have have led to more offense, which I think we like as viewers. Well, yeah. But is it a better game to watch? I mean, I think think it's more entertaining because they're scoring more points. People like that, obviously, you know, you go back to the um, Patriots, Rams Super Bowl and like how everyone wanted to hate on that because it was a low scoring game. So people love their points. Uh, people love fantasy football. So yeah, I, I think it's probably more entertaining now. But once again, that that comes down to the rules. That comes down to hey, stay off the quarterback, keep the quarterback upright. That comes down to you know you can't hit a defenseless receiver and all this stuff. So um, they really handicap the defense, making the offense score more points. And it is what it is. But that's that's definitely a rules thing. So it's this collaboration between rules and analytics. And I think. Uh, Analytics in baseball may be hurting the sport from a watchability standpoint. It, it re- like baseball to a man, everybody will say baseball is more unwatchable now than it was ten years ago. Sure, no doubt. Sure, they will. I, like I honestly don't. I'm a big baseball guy, and I don't see that as much. But it is. I mean, it's front and center, man. Go t- go look at any. But TV show mind, right now, and that's what they're talking about. There, have there been a lot of rule changes in baseball? Well, and that's my point. So so there's suggestions, mm-hmm. and they're trying to speed up the game with all these. You know, that's where my seven innings came into play. Stop yeah. trying to do all these things and just play seven innings then. Yep. Maybe it's more watchable. But maybe that wouldn't solve it if the strikeout is so king and the ball's not put in play. They're saying, hey, let's drop a foot maybe on the uh, from the 60 feet 6 inches. Let's go to 61-6. Does that change it? And I've actually come around a little bit on something that I hate and don't love the idea of it and have told you many a times for the last however many years. This may turn me off from the sport of football, uh, sport of football, sport of baseball. Mm-hmm. Like if there's I'm not that guy or by the way, like if they strike or if they whatever, say something, if they kneel and you don't like like I haven't been the guy that turned it off because somebody did something or something has changed. I watch the sports when I want to watch the sports because I like the sports. Yeah. But. This one, I've always said, might turn me away from the sport. And that is if they went to an electric home plate, a computerized strike zone, rather than the umpire. Mm-hmm. Like I like the human error. Mm-hmm. I think it's stupid to do it. But I do wonder, if you want to make the game more watchable and entertaining, the batter, once he knows exactly the strike zone every mm-hmm. single time, and it doesn't change, will make the batter a better hitter. And so I wonder if it will make the game more watchable. I wonder if it will increase scoring Mm -hmm. and therefore get people to watch and be excited about it because we know this, and hockey tried it as well. Hockey with what? Well, hockey tried it, uh, well, I don't know, however many years ago. They wanted more scoring. Oh, no, okay, I got you, yeah. yeah I got you not, like, no, not the computerized strike no, yeah, zone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, of course. I mean, they, like the two-line pass and well, no, whatever. There, there, there was the whole two-line pass thing, then they made the goalie's pad smaller, and then they, they extended the net, and yeah, those things are still implemented. Yeah, and so, but they did it because they wanted more scoring. Correct. All the rules in football wanted more scoring. All the Even basketball, see, I would argue it is more watchable now because the games are now sometimes 135 to 131. Yeah. Like, that's more entertaining. We see guys putting it in the hoop, dunking, three-pointers. Mm-hmm. That's entertaining. Guess what? Missed shots, defense, boring. Yeah, to an extent. To the casual fan, when it's boring. The, in the playoffs, though, when it gets, like, clamped down defense, like, that's something. Like, see, because that's the difference. There's regular season basketball, and then there's play, win, or go home basketball. Yeah. Well, I think we all are more excited and don't care about the brand of the game or the watch of the game as much in the postseason because we know there's so much on the line. Sure. You know what I mean? Sure. But we're talking every day, 82 games or 162 games. 
We're talking watchability of it sure. uh, and, and attracting more people to it so they watch in the postseason and yes. they are invested mm-hmm. in the postseason and they have emotion and feeling and all this stuff. And so baseball is losing that right now. Like, uh, you know, golf hasn't. Like, people still like to watch the 400-yard drive, quite frankly. They like to watch Bryson DeChambeau. He's one of the biggest attractions going in the game. Mm-hmm. And you know what else they like? And this is why they haven't changed the equipment or anything. They like when people – they like two things in golf. Okay. When people make great shots and birdies and score and like, holy cow, how did he shoot 61? Sure. Right? Sure. That's unbelievable. Sure. And they like days like today where they look like you and me and make eights. Okay. <laughs> the train yeah. wreck. Yeah, yeah, Like, yeah. we like that. We either like the brilliance of our athlete or the train wreck of our athlete. Okay. In, in most sports, really. Yeah. I would but, say so. but I think that's why golf is still like, it's okay. Don't worry about the technology. Don't worry the ball's flying this far. Why are we going to fix that? Like, we're good. Things yeah. are good. This is, this is why people are watching. So, and baseball has like the, they're like the anomaly. Mm-hmm. They're like the one sport right now outside of like soccer, because I don't think you could change anything in soccer to make more goals. <laughs> like, and maybe they've tried, but. Yeah. Baseball is the sport right now, although I say this coming off a game where the Giants beat the Reds yesterday 19-4. to <laughs> yeah. But we're getting two no-hitters a week. Yeah. And we're not seeing any 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 highlights other than home run and or strikeout. I've said this doing TV highlights, by the way, and we don't do a lot on baseball. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like the home run is much of a highlight anymore. Just another home run. Depends how like, big the home run is. Like I would wait. I will tell you this. Well, that's true. Like, mm-hmm. and obviously, any game-changing moment helps tell the story. But I would I, – I say this to myself, too. Like, if I'm watching a game, uh, first of all, it's illegal on TV. It should be, and kids learn this now, and every other TV station should know this. Don't show a sack fly unless it means the game winner. Okay. And then you'd even, I'd even debate whether you should show it. Right. Sack flies are not highlights, okay? They're important parts of the game, but they're not highlights for TV viewers. Gotcha. Want to make that clear? Noted. That's the P. Cabral. We already got that under. Uh, long story behind that. Noted. Anyway, I would potentially, I'd rather show a great catch or a great play than a home run now. Unless, like you said, it's like a winner or a monumental thing yeah. or it goes out of the stadium, which yeah. can happen. But I'd rather show a great defensive play because I think it's different. Yeah. I want to show my viewers on TV something they're not going to see every night. Well, guess what you're going to see every night? About five times in sure. a game. A ball leaving the yard. Mm-hmm. So that's the nature of baseball. Baseball is the anomaly where they cannot find the right formula. And they might have to do the rule change thing like all other sports have done to be able to make it a more entertaining, watchable TV event for their paying fans. Yeah. And I don't think they're trying the darndest not to do it. Oh, because I think you take away the tradition, obviously. Yeah, that's what yeah. they're trying to do. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, it's fascinating. I think you can make the case, though, the analytics has gone too far, especially in the sport of baseball, yeah. to hurting the sport from at least a, an entertainment value sure. standpoint. I agree with you. We'll be back. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. What about all these kids skipping out on college? Is that the sure. next trend? What do the analytics say? <laughs> Brand-
Brent Martineau. All right, Jason Fitz, thanks for checking in, man. We didn't try to keep you too, too long today. We had, we, we gave you a shorter day. Austin Lane. Hey, hey, Jason, real quick, man, since you have oh, that Belinda Cough Award, um, you know, since you can, you know, vote on that, Murray State's got a couple good receivers. <laughs> now, they, they, they didn't play this year, okay? They didn't play a game this year, but Murray State's got a couple good receivers. Just check them out real quick. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. The league wants this. They need this. You know, a New York, you know, this is a big market, and it's a big market uh, for the league, and uh, New York has been out of the playoffs for a number of years, and, uh, you know, this is the team that our league, you know, they want to see, you know, there's a huge fan base. They want to see New York in the playoffs. Nate McMillan? Yeah. You said he got fined for that? 25K? You probably not wrong. Usually when you get fined, you're not wrong. Mm. No, you're not. I mean, like, on, on the microphone. I'm not saying, like, you're right to, like, punch a guy in the face and get fined. That's, oh, no. That's not. Usually when well, you get you, fined. You wouldn't get fined. That's your job. I know, right? <laughs> we usually, uh, no, usually it's justified, though. I would say. Yeah, I mean, so you got to be willing to do it. They know what's coming, too. Like, I mean, Nate McMillan oh. knew. He's, they, yeah. they understand the game. I just want to get to the point where 25K being fine, that's fine. Hey, I'm going to go get fine 25K today, and it's okay. Right? Yeah, use it to hype the team up a little bit. Like, I want to get to the point where I can, like, say something that the FCC finds, and I cover it. And say, don't Backyard worry, Backyard fireplace, though, huh? I got it. You, but, but, don't worry, I got this, but I really wanted to say it. Backyard <laughs> fireplace, though, man. Say what you want to say. Let's go. Yeah. You got it. You might need uh, the whole backyard to look you like a fireplace. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Patrick Mahomes, uh, just real quick uh, thought off what we were kind of talking about with a lot of rules and analytic changes and all that stuff. Maybe it was a little too heavy for a Friday. But Patrick, this isn't heavy. Okay. Patrick Mahomes says, put a microchip in the ball and it will help. For what? I mean, Especially I, I, goal line situations. Oh, to see like if it crosses the plane. Yeah. Yeah. Let's well, do we were just talking in break, too. We were kind of saying like, why people don't watch or why does it don't feel like uh, sports are ma- as mainstream as they used to be. Tennis is a very interesting example. I think that, uh, around in the United States, I think it's just a lack of American stars, quite frankly, mm-hmm. uh, in in the men's game. I think the women's game has been more popular because of Venus and Serena Williams. Of course. And so, but if you look at the technology, I think that technology is the best technology in sports. It, it's incredible. Yeah. The ability to... Yeah. Identify in or out that Split quickly. Mm-hmm. And, and and show it to the viewer that we all understand. Like, it's that good. Like, they show the shadow of the ball. Right? No, for sure. It's, it's incredible. Why don't they use that in volleyball? I would assume just cost. A lot of really? money in tennis. Okay. I don't think there's a lot of money in volleyball. I got you. I don't think. I mean, there's a well, lot of money but in hold tennis. Up. Uh, do you know how that whole... So is there a chip in the tennis ball, or there's like I don't sensors know how it all on works. the? Yeah, I don't know how it all works. These questions. I know. I knew you were going to ask these, these next. Questions. I didn't want to have to. These are the questions we got to go into here. I'm sure we can Sports do it with a quick Google. Yeah, but um, I don't know. It might be a long Google. By the way, like I feel like I've looked it up before, and now I just don't remember what it is. Mm-hmm. But it's that old now. Like they've been doing that for a long time. Mm-hmm. It's like straight out of a video game. Yeah, you know how they do that. They didn't have with John McEnroe, unfortunately. <laughs> no, well. They've lost a little bit of that because of it. True. See, that's well, what you no, lose. Yeah, but there's still people going crazy. There's some, yeah, there's, there's guys stuff. smashing rackets yeah. and stuff. Yeah. But, but 
that would be it would be remember that's where it's entertaining, right? I mean, we want Jimmy Connors and McEnroe, and we want that what stuff. A, didn't Serena like scold some dude, and then like she got backlash for it? This is like yeah. probably two years ago. Yeah, three years ago. Maybe. I mean, they've had their runs. Yeah, yeah. But um, it makes you wonder what Pat, uh, what um, John McEnroe would have been if they would have had that technology. Yeah, would he have been as volatile? Yeah, probably uh, not. The computer say the ball actually, is clearly out. I got a feeling he probably still would be volatile. I, I don't believe so. the damn. I hope computer. So. I mean, he was before my time, but I appreciate. Him. Uh, so anyway, Patrick Mahomes uh, says put a microchip in the football. He says I've always thought the chip in the ball has to happen sometime, where if you cross the line, it just tells you it's a touchdown. So they're talking about basically the one-yard line stuff. Yeah, that's smart. And I'm sure there's more evolution to that than just the one-yard line. But if the best player in the game doesn't mind throwing a football with a microchip in it, yeah, I when are we getting there? Deal. You know, when are we getting there? What? I mean, it depends how small the chip is, obviously. But I think, I think that's 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 fair. Or some have some kind of like I don't know, technology where. I don't know. Now I'm getting like way too crazy, but like in the in the end zone where it can monitor like if the pigskin crosses the end zone, boom. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like you can do that. I mean, I I don't. I mean, we're, I, they we're can going do to that Mars. with this technology. We're going to Mars. Well, it's not that they you can't can tell if do a pigskin it. crosses the goal line. They gotta be willing to do it. Yeah. It's not that they can't do it. Yeah. And like his quote says, this, it's also the human error thing. It's kind of like baseball, balls and strike. It's just part of the game. The biggest thing to me is when they get piled by the end zone. There's literally no way to tell if he's in the end zone or not. It's like True. you said, just whatever they call. I'm sure, it'll happen soon enough. Like my frustration around the goal line is, why do you need to run all the way in as an official to then make the call? What's changing between the time you know how like they're on the end? And then they'll run in, and then they'll put their hands up or mark the ball. What do you want them to do? Well, do it from the sideline when you saw it. Oh, I got you. <laughs> like, I thought you meant like you want them closer. I'm it like, always well, that's feels not a like they're idea. going to look for something when they run in from the pylons and yeah. start running toward the, the melee. Yeah, and yeah. then they wait and wait and wait, and then it's touchdown or it's no touchdown. It's like, okay, did something change but, in your sprint No, or but, did it not? See, but I think your view can be obstructed, though, when you have – you know, ten or I don't know. I know eight offensive linemen, defensive linemen. Like you, you lose the sight of the ball. But the, but then it then it, that goes to what Mahomes is talking about. Because sure. then how? So after the play's over, then it crossed, and then you're going to call it. Yeah. Are you trying to confirm or verify what you saw? Well, that's some four I mean, five seconds. Well, yeah. two three seconds later, is it's that just, changing? It's, it's hard to see the ball. Like if someone's yeah. got it. If someone's got the ball cradled up. It's hard to see it. So. You would be okay with the microchip in the football. Sure. Why not? I'm cool with it. I can't really see a downside of it. No. I think that's a, a full... I mean, Patrick Holmes is a genius. I think that's a foolproof plan. <laughs> he's not the first one to come up with the idea. Well, he's talking about it. He's using his influence. Hey, it's, sometimes it's not the first. It's the guy who's got the biggest power. Patrick Mahomes. Well, Welcome. Yeah, I think some of the concern about that stuff is for the passers, you know, um, anything in the ball. I mean, you, you know, we're talking about it. Yeah, yeah. Well, we know what Brady but once again, from yeah, a few years but ago. Right? It, it, it all depends, that, like, how, how small the microchip is. I mean, who how knows? Maybe a microchip. Well, I, I mean, don't know, man. I'm, I'm sure you got one in your bloodstream from getting your COVID shot. I'm just <laughs> kidding. That was a joke. That was a joke. Yeah. But people maybe. will tell you something. Hey, some people. Hey, yeah. yeah. Maybe there is one. You know, you never know. I don't know. Tell me all about <laughs> me. <laughs> I'm all for it. Tell me you all about know. me. Yeah. You never know. What do you know that I don't? But I don't think, I don't know. I mean, I'm not a quarterback, so I'm not sure. But I have a hard time believing a microchip would make that much. I mean, if you you could throw in the rain, 
You can throw the microchip in the football. Yeah, yeah. Sure, yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know exactly what they're scared of. There's multiple balls that get used in a game. So is that a problem? Is it more expensive to do it? Which the NBA's, I mean, the let's, NFL's a billion dollar yeah, thing. Yeah, let's not talk about expensive with the NFL. Yeah, I don't yeah. think that's a problem. You just add another game, so you're fine. Are we concerned about some, what happens if something did get dislodged or uh, jostled around and then it doesn't read? Are yeah. we just calling it off? Is it like the shot clock that goes down? Hey, we're going to go to the official now? I mean, is that the way it goes? Yeah, I mean, so, you're going to have to have like, a, like an official guy that just watches that. You know, like that's going to be his job yeah. is, hey, I'm the, I'm the microchip football guy. And, and I do wonder this, Austin. I, I wonder the more you do – I said this earlier about the analytic part. The mm-hmm. more you do at the professional level, that's where the sport is mimicked. And so, therefore, we get so accustomed to, say, the chip in the ball and we know who's the, if it's crossed the goal line or not. See, we can't that, do that at the youth level or the collegiate level even. Is that problematic for the sport? No. No. See, because to me there's a difference between technology – and analytics like analytics requires technology to get the data but like what we're talking about here is more of just progressing the game and maybe changing the rules a little bit with this goal line situation or I'm getting for it right that, or getting it right what i don't agree with though is it's the classic argument of you kick a field goal or go for it on, on fourth and three fourth and four yeah, yeah like that's where analytics i feel like ruin the game and ruin your chance to win that's what i have an issue with i don't have an issue with analytics changing technology and like you know getting it right so be it but when it's the game flows where i have the issue you know Mahomes brought up that computerized strike zone again if they have a computerized strike zone the first guy that's going to go pull the plug on that computer is probably going to be me oh yeah yeah i'll be with that be arrested probably uh, you probably get banned is it, like the get same as, is it like the same of running on the field streaking or no streaking oh yeah i'm sure it's probably worse than that oh really it'd be worse pulling pull plug well, yeah, because then you, like, <sighs> damaged property. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you just got to plug the damn thing back in. I know, but you're still, it's damaged property, man. That uh, That's another offense right there, as opposed to, you know, whatever. What would you call trespassing, I guess, would be yeah. streaking? I guess. And maybe, depending if you're loitering. Indecent well, exposure. Indecent exposure could be a big thing, too. That's what you should do. You should get indecent exposure, loitering, pulling the plug, um, and mass to society. It's the society. Yeah, that's a. That's, Depending that's a on album. who streaks, can it be decent exposure? <laughs> good album and a good movie. <laughs> we'll be back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Are kids going to bypass college? And is college basketball going to suffer the most from it? It's next on ESPN 690. A trade is likely. I think the Rams, Baltimore, and Tennessee. But, boy, Tennessee makes a lot of sense for a number of reasons. They're in a win-now mode. Their quarterback's over 30. They lost a really good receiver in Corey Davis. Julio Jones would come there with A.J. Brown and make them immeasurably better. Arthur Smith, the current head coach of the Falcons, was the offensive coordinator of Tennessee. He knows that roster well. Maybe it's a player like a Rashawn Evans, a good young linebacker, and a second-round pick. Maybe that's a win-win. So I think at this point, the fact that this story is still out there tells me that there's probably something to it. Julio Jones, he's obviously much closer to the end than the beginning. Terry Fontenot, the new GM of the Saints, from the Saints, 
who's the GM of the Falcons, Arthur Smith, new head coach. If you're going to do something like this, you do it in year one. So to me, th- this really makes sense that after June 1st, he could get moved. That was Tannenbaum again. Mm, man. Tannenbaum having a tough day. <laughs> he just called Corey Davis a really good receiver. I mean. Had a good year. But he said he was a good receiver. You lose a really good receiver in Corey Davis. Have you seen the stats? I've had him play football for three years. Yeah. Julio Jones pretty good. I would take Julio Jones. You see DeAndre Hopkins? He's Yeah, but Julio Jones going to the Chiefs. Just wait. Uh, we'll do that at football at five. Just wait. Because I, I, I'm going to ask, I want you to think about this question, everybody. I got football a Football at five? Yeah. Julio Jones more likely to move or Aaron Rodgers more likely to move before oh, the yeah. season starts? Okay? okay. Think about that. I mean, okay. No, don't answer it. I don't want. I mean, hey, a, man, you asked me the most obvious question. It's hard for me just to marinate that's that obvious? Through. Yes, I think so. Yes, one guy was the MVP. One guy wasn't. <laughs> one guy played. I don't know what eight games last year. I keep, seven games. I last keep year? saying there's no doubt Aaron Rodgers is going to be on. Everything I read is said he's already, he's never coming back. Like he's just not. Who's saying that though? You know, I mean, eh. yeah, Tatum bomb. <laughs> and he's on one right now. Yeah, Julio Jones played nine games last year. He's, he's going to Kansas City. <laughs> Great. Because because this is how the NFL works, you know. Yeah. You, you know what's going to happen, right? Yes. You know he's going to the Chiefs. Yeah. AFC, get out of the NFC, Kansas City Chiefs. Hey, I'm uh, kidding. Little Sunshine and Rainbows, sponsored by A1A Solar, reaching every day on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Let's chuck one up for the old guys at the PGA Championship. Phil Mickelson, 50 years old, has the lead by one shot. After 36 holes, at least for him, now there are golfers still out there. But in second place is Louis Oosthuizen. He's 38 years old. Mm -hmm. And just a couple shots back, by the way, with all the young guns in golf, Paul Casey is still right in the mix in the top six. He's 43 years old. Mm. So the old guys are doing okay 36 holes in. Do they have the stamina, though, for the weekend? Little sunshine of rainbows for the old people heading into the weekend. I like that. If you listen to Jimmy Buffett or something. You know. <laughs> what a compliment. That's what old people listen to. Oh, right? I know. That's a, you listen to Jimmy Buffett? Yeah. A little, little waste away in Margaritaville? I think I think uh, he transcends not just old people, though. Mm, careful. Coos, you listen to any Jim, Jimmy Buffett? There is no way Coos listens to Jimmy Buffett. Forget if you say... Cheeseburger in Paradise? Okay, you got one. Yeah, but Hurricane? Do you, Margaritaville? Margarito, Alan Jackson. What's the Alan Jackson one? Pina coladas? Give me a couple pina coladas. Do, uh, didn't he uh, him and Zach By the way, Brown way did too much song, sugar. Like you're in a, did they? I, I, okay, listen, so, so Coos is Jimmy Buffett. Coos obviously fan. listens to Buffett a little so, bit so more he, than he watches movies because he hasn't seen Good Will so, Hunting or Tommy Boy. So you so you a Jimmy Buffett dude? I mean, when Are I'm you a when Jimmy I'm on, Buffett, bro? When I'm on summer vacation, sure, Jimmy Buffett hits the I playlist. Think some young people still listen to Jimmy Buffett. No. I guess who's man. He, I don't know. Who, who, who are you listen to if you don't think, listen to Jimmy Buffett? I think Buffett? I know someone I work with, and now he flips Jimmy Buffett on me. What? Who are you listen to, to like in that same genre? Oh, well, I was gonna say, I was gonna say if, if it's the summer, I don't know. Future, ah, uh, Travis Scott. No, um, see, no. If if, I'm, if it's like a if I've if on my uh, Jimmy Buffett playlist, that would be the same vibe. Do you have one? Kenny Chesney? No, it wouldn't be that. To me, it would be like Dirty Heads and Revolution. Oh, yeah. Like, it would be yeah. very vibey, reggae Jack Johnson. You throwing Jack Johnson, Jack Johnson in there? Sure, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it would be more like that. Yeah, Jack Johnson. Mm-hmm. Okay. But Sublime I'm just wondering what the kids are... Sure, yeah. Sublime. Sublime with Rome. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> just wondering what the kids yeah, are listening I'm, to. I'm not an ex. I don't got to say anything about that. Anyway. <laughs> one for the old <laughs> people heading into the... Happy hour in the weekend. Okay. Uh, sunshine and rainbows. <laughs>
Dave Matthews Band, maybe. I don't oh, know. sure. Yeah. Wings up in the morning. <laughs> hey, needs, a good, <laughs> needs a good paying job to listen to some music, too, as well. Huh? Flexible work schedule and benefits. A1A Solar is looking for you. $70,000 is a reasonable first-year expectation. Seasoned reps can easily make six figures. Leads provided as well, plus health, dental, 401K benefits. A1A Solar, tremendous company. Check them out. Visit A1ASolar.com. If you're looking for a gig, they're looking for you. Visit A1ASolar.com. See this story out of, uh, well, the basketball world where these two kids mm-hmm. are going to they're, – they're high school juniors, I think. And they're going to forego their college eligibility and everything else. And they're going to join this league. And they're going to get paid pretty handsomely mm-hmm. to do it. Now, this isn't the Balls this League, is, right? I don't... LeVar Balls League that he was talking about? I don't think so. I feel like we'd hear a lot more about him if this was, yeah. Now, this has been... Uh, this is the Overtime Elite League. Okay. I don't think that's Balls League. No, because it'd be called Big Baller Brand League or something. Yeah, there's yeah. six foot nine Florida guys. And uh, they are among the top 15 high school juniors in the country. So here's the deal. They will forego high school and college eligibility to join a startup league in September for contracts that are expected to pay them each seven figures over the two-year range of the deals. Mm-hmm. Seven figures. Mm-hmm. That's two commas. I know. And you know I'm looking at you right now. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. Well, you know. Keywords being startup. Like, ask them how the AAF went when it was a startup league and guys didn't get yeah, the Yeah, there's pay. always a little apprehension there. I would be a little nervous, now, I'll be honest. we have seen players start going to the G League right away, yeah, right? And guys are doing that as well, yes, yes. And these guys will, I guess, get handed off to the G League eventually yeah. because they have to wait one more year after oh, to go okay. to the NBA. Okay. I think according to this, the way it is. And they even set up some, like, classes and sports science stuff to do. Like, it's no, it's listen, involved. I'm uh, more power to you. Go get your money, man. I, I, I more. I'm not gonna tell anybody. Don't get go get your money. So props to them for doing that. My only concern would be if you're playing in this league, which is a startup league, just make sure that everything's you know you get paid. Because like the last thing you want. Okay. Well, the, the last thing you want to do is you know they, they had that season fold and now you miss an opportunity to play against competition because that's where college comes in. College helps develop your skills a little bit. If, if you go to a big-time university, you'll play against some good competition. You'll refine your skills a little bit. So, w- once again, as long as this is a real thing and it's a legit thing, more power and to And I don't it. think we'll know that until it's, you know, until we see a little bit of it. But yeah. these are like the cornerstone pieces. These guys are legit players. I mean, they are sure. top 15 guys in the country. I got you. And so, here's the deal. They can join the G League after their high school class graduates but aren't eligible for the NBA draft until a year after that. That's how it works. So they can join the draft in, like, 2024. But in the meantime, you're getting paid. These guys especially will get paid over a million dollars. They'll have already... Assuming that everything goes through. Yeah, assuming that the league runs. Yeah. Are we about to see with all this stuff, though, even with the G League rules and everything else, are are we seeing the end of college basketball as we know it? With the problems that did exist in college hoops, now these other entities trying to offer kids dollars and payment and like the real way without the behind the scenes way. Are we going to see in the next 5, 10, 15 years? It's not going to happen overnight, but college basketball is done as the way we know it. Like the superstars will not play college basketball. No, well, I, don't, I think, but keep in mind too, with the endorsement 
uh, rules coming down for the NCAA. Well, that's I think that's point. gonna help. And, That'll and also, help college basketball. And also, what are you rather gonna watch right now if you're a fan? Are you gonna watch the NCAA tournament or are you gonna watch two guys from Florida play in a different league? It's a good call. So like, who's in you know, all like this is even gonna be a successful thing? Like, how are they, where are they getting this money from? How how are they making money off this? Well, they obviously have uh, Kevin Ollie, by the way, the former UConn coach, is a guy like kind of running everything yeah, I know, now. Not, yeah, yeah. And so they've got backing. Yeah, yeah okay. that got enough but backing now, to pay two kids a million dollars over two they, years. It's it's one thing to have backing. Are you making money off it though? Yeah. Because if you don't make money off it, then you could buy backing. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, once again, I'm not hating. I mean, more power to these kids. I just hope that it, it actually works. Well, the bottom line though is the question. This is the birth of the question, right? Like around these last couple of years with the G League stuff and and people going overseas instead of going to college. That it's not just this league. Mm-hmm. It's all the options out there for kids rather than going to college mm-hmm. and playing, so they can get professional and earn money quicker. Mm-hmm. And it's no different than say tennis or golf or any of those sports. If you want to bypass and go get paid, you can do it. Yeah. And now you can do it earlier than ever before. Yeah. In the sport of basketball, I think it has a real chance of changing the the landscape of college hoops. And we'll see. Be a matter of time. We'll be back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN six ninety. Football at five coming up. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.